Greeting friends, this is Dick Flax, sociology retired professor and your occasional host here on Inside Ala Vista. And we're very pleased, as we always are, to have as a co-conversationalist um, Jonathan Abood, who's the manager of the Isla Vista Community Service District. Say hi, Jonathan. How are you? Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. This is a, a propitious moment, to use a word, uh, because it's the anniversary. I'm not sure of the exact date and how you mark it. What is the date? Of the anniversary of the founding or starting of the Community Service District, so that's what we thought we'd use as our um, hook and focus for our Isla Vista, Inside Isla Vista program today. Uh, what is the exact date and how do you know it is the exact date? Or yeah, today's the anniversary of the first board meeting. First uh, board yes. meeting, okay, that's yeah. a good one. So that's five years ago, right? Five okay. years, yeah. Five years, amazing. Community Service District, Let's 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 run down this history because that'll help us understand even what that is a CSD. Um, so I can start because I'm the old guy and I remember the fact that 50 years ago I would say a movement began in Isla Vista for cityhood, for incorporation as a self-governing city, and there was a lot of organizing around that idea at that time, coming out of the period of great unrest and bank burning and um, revolutionary upheaval in the country and in Isla Vista. <clears throat> and there was a pretty extensive research effort to document the feasibility of uh, such a incorporation. Could there be financial foundation for it? And there was um, extensive uh, efforts to define what would a city of Isla Vista look like. And at that time, because of the, of the generational upheaval of the 60s, the idea was you would create a, a youth city for the first time on the planet. You'd have a city governed by people under 25, maybe, because that would be the majority of the, of the voting population. And there were sort of experiments in self-government at that time. There was a, actually an elected council, uh, didn't have any real legal authority, but it was elected by a vote of everyone over 16 in Isla Vista voted for representation on the Ivy Community Council. And they had some kind of semi-informal relationship with the county government to represent the city, the community. Anyway, without getting too far into the uh, weedy details here, the, the university did not favor um, a cityhood for Isla Vista. And um, long story short, it wasn't passed by the necessary governmental authorities. Um, LAFCO, the um, land use uh, authority in the uh, county, did not support it. And there were questions about its feasibility um, financially that fed into the rejection of it. And that idea of IV cityhood has come up occasionally over the 50 years since. Um, and uh, eventually, 
the, the university's attitude on some kind of self-government and all of this, I think, began to shift even, you know, maybe even 10, 15 years ago, recognizing that if students had ownership uh, of capacities within the community, they might behave more responsibly. Uh, it would be not a uh, path to chaos, but to but to more order and and uh, and uh, effectiveness. Uh, and so that became, I think, more of an understanding in the, let's say, the Yang years of the of the university. But not, not much happened until after the tragedies in Isla Vista in 2014. And that becomes your story, Jonathan Aboud. Yeah, that's a good rundown of what's happened. I, re I really like that. I mean, we were talking about it in 2013. And yeah, it wasn't until after the riot and the shooting in 2014 that it really got gained traction with the powers that be. And so much happened. I mean, we figured out that we wanted to have like a special CSD that was different than the rest. And we got Doss Williams to introduce a bill to do that. And without that, you know, we might not have moved forward because LAFCO was still an impediment, which they had been in the previous cityhood attempts. And so that AB3 gave us special powers and special taxes and the ability to circumvent the local agency formation commission and go straight to the voters. So that was a big deal that we were able to do that. Uh, yeah, we voted in 2016, uh, I think 86 or 87 percent to approve Measure E, which created the CSD. We did not vote to approve the tax for some reason. The voters didn't approve it in 2016, but they did approve it 84% in 2018 with Measure R. So then we got funded. Let's go back over some of this to get a little more detail for the record. You know, this we're recording this, so there will be a record. And, and maybe it'll be a resource for people to have this uh, information. So first of all, Das Williams, he was then the state assembly member representing this area but he's interesting in this story because he grew up he was raised in isla vista he wasn't an undergraduate at ucsb but he he grew up here in fact i knew him when he was a child because uh his father was general manager at this very station kcsb when i started to do my own radio work here das would come as a kid to the station occasionally so i actually knew him from that time. And so I think it wasn't simply, although it was a recognition of, of how good a policy direction it would be that prompted him to take that initiative, but maybe even just being an intimate child of Isla Vista was, was an important motive for him um, in pushing that. So do you agree with me, John? He did a pretty creative job with uh, create, crafting the legislative strategy you want to say more about what that was? What was the strategy? I mean, that, I think, yeah, we already said it, which is to cut LAFCO out of the process. Yeah. So, so he recognized, he found out, figured out that a state legislative enactment, AB3, would bypass that local authority. 
Why is LAFCO an impediment? Why do you think that was the case? They just were really antagonistic to Isla Vista in general at the time. They're not anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, they they were very antagonistic at the time. They just did not want anything to happen here. They didn't think it was necessary. You think it was sort of a cultural, just a cultural, generational hostility to the um, perception of Isla Vista as a, in the culture wars, you know, like it's the wrong right. culture. <laughs> it's right. Counterculture. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were just, I said he, cause I was thinking of one specific person, but they were uh, collectively, yeah, just did not have a good opinion of us and didn't want us to have our own government. You know, and not all LAFCO members. What is LAFCO? It's a, it's a board, board of representatives from all the different municipalities in the county, right? Is that how it, how it's set up? Right. It, they approve new governments to be formed and changes to borders and such. Right. That's, the, that's one of their key functions. So the taxing authority is worth spelling out. So why a community service district? Why not incorporation? I think we want to still be a city, just the community service district was the most feasible thing to get done at the time is what people decided in 2014 was that it was the best choice at the time, but and there's still desire to be a city, but it's just, uh, CSD is just a step towards it in a way, or it could be meet most of our needs itself. Maybe, maybe not, but, um, uh, we have thought about it, but we've struggled with issues that we wouldn't have if we didn't, if we were a city. Yeah. What are the examples of what a city can do that CSD? The city has control over land use. CSD doesn't. City can make laws. CSD can't. City can run the police. CSD can't. So those are big, those are big powers that, but what are the services that have been able to be developed? in a community service district, but it also had this revenue raising capacity where that was really central, a central part of it. And so AB3 provides what, what is the taxing provision that that uh, created? Our tax is a utility user tax, so it's not a property tax, but it goes up every year on its own. So we have a constantly growing revenue stream. So in terms of the past history, it was interesting to me that the university not only gave its support to this, but the board of the district includes a representative from UCSB, correct? As well right. as and the county. The majority of the board, most of the members are what, elected? Yes. By, but UCSB students in the dorms, they're not part of the electorate. No. You, you, the UC lobbied against that to get it out. Okay, so the so there was an election, and I should say, if, because you you in all modesty wouldn't say it, you're an important leadership force in all of this, including the campaign to pass the uh, referendum that has created the district, and that took several months, right? That process before the board finally was elected. Oh, the election, you know, we were doing that for like six months. And so the university helped the process financially, did it not? What, what was the deal there? Yeah, they helped us by giving us $200,000 a year to get started with. So What's, what is the term limit on that? 
contribution. It's coming up very soon. It's in, in two years, which is seven years, uh, seven years, $200,000. But that we were able to use that to get started before the tax. And as you said, so passing the, the, the tax needed a separate vote of the people to um, levy it. And at first it was not passed. Tell us a little about the campaign against that. What was going on there that led it not to pass? Yeah, the I mean, the landlords were really against it. They they ran a pretty aggressive campaign against the tax. You know, we're just saying it's going to raise your rent if you pass this. We that's part of the reason why we lost was because because of the misinformation. Because it, but we 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 were able to combat that really well in the Measure R campaign when we were working on the campaign of that by you know, really being more direct and about what this is. And hey, it's not your your rent goes up anyways at the at the beginning of the new lease. So this is just, uh, you know, this is a way for us to have our own money to control. So and why do you think the landlords would lead in opposition to to that? It wasn't really about the tax alone, was it? It was not about the tax. They don't want this thing to get going that's my recollection yeah they didn't want us to have yeah the system in place it wouldn't have been convenient to them and it became you know it's a non-issue we actually work fine with the landlords now there's no bad relationship we work good with them they use their mediation services so it was never an issue whoever you know organized that opposition it was it seemed you know was a chuck eckert is who organized yeah. and, and what was is he still around i think so i haven't heard from him in a while but he's i think you know he still owns his property yeah he's a long-standing figure in the history of isla vista as the land spokesman for the the landlord party you might say all right so do you remember that first meeting i do it was um you know it was it was seven hours long or so <laughs> People lined up to do public comment. There was a very long public comment period. And a lot of people got to say their piece about the creation of the district. So it was, it was nice for that reason, because it was, um, you know, it was just a good time for a lot of people who were involved in the creation to be back to help to just give a few words. So I, I remember that really vividly. There was a lot of maybe there's hours, maybe four or five hours of public comment of, um, yeah, people talking about the issues that needed to be addressed or what they felt was important coming into this and all that, so. And some of them were veterans of the, of the history that we were sketching before, right? Right, right, exactly. Five years, March 7th, 2017, until March 8th, I guess. It ended after midnight. <laughs> All right, so there you are, you, and you have a blank slate to write on. A little bit. I, yeah, we have our retreat coming up soon. We set our goals every year. Yeah, we've been doing a really good job, I guess, of trying to stay focused to the reasons we were created. And, you know, we're working on the parking issue now. That was always one of the top issues people brought up. Well, we're in the middle of parking right now, and so... We're working on the festival during Deltopia uh, weekend, like an organized safe event. And 
that has no alcohol you know we're working on that so we're actually getting the getting things done that we were originally created to to do all right so you've been with us from the beginning and some of this comes from your own imagination and vision put into practice uh and you know congratulations uh and so maybe we could we could measure what this has meant by thinking back so you said it you, you feel like what's happened has pretty much fulfilled it's on the path that was set at the time but what was that path what are the, what are the key the priority concerns you mentioned parking which we should come back to that's still on, uh, in process but what are what are the, some of the things uh, you would claim to be successes or ways in which the promises has been shown to be coming into being. We opened up the community center. That's a major success. We hired staff and got that going. You know, no one else was willing to do that. Yeah, we're working on this festival. That's about to happen. We've signed this contract and we've planned it twice before. We were thwarted by COVID in the past, but um, we're doing it. So that's a big one, which is getting the these weekends with festivals under control and getting them to be more safe and organized. We, I mean, the rental mediation program, that was one of our big original promises and we got that done. Um, the lighting issue, you know, we just did a lighting walk where we went to assess lighting and we actually did one in 2018 and 2019. We only skipped it in the last two years with COVID and um, we've gotten new lights installed in IV and we're making plans for more. So that was a big issue was lighting from the beginning was, you know, getting that addressed. And we did do that or we've been, we got some done and we have more to go. I mean, we're working right now on uh on mobility and getting people around. And one of the things that um, that we've been, you know, working with MTD, for example, is they're trying to launch a microtransit program and where they can give people, you know, specific rides to where they need to go really? around town. And we're helping get that going at the community center as a location. So a lot of these things have been... Um, issues that have been in, in long standing and we've just been able to come in and say hey let's uh yeah let's help mtd get a stop in iv for this so that people can go get their groceries um so we yeah that's kind of those are some of the things um, there's there's always more <laughs> there's an infinite amount we launched the compost collective that wasn't one of the plans but it actually ended up being a huge success uh, having a you know composting program in, in iv that that was not something we originally planned for. And uh, we ended up being something the community really wanted. And then we created based on community concerns. So, so um, backtracking just a second. So about the, the festival, talk about this. So this is based, you know, Isle of Vista has a long history of mixed history of, uh, you know, collective, um, celebration that sometimes has led to confrontation with with the police that would happen partly in 2014 was one of the things that happened right. um, and so uh, what's being what what does this look like now well we're working with a 
private event company to plan the event and we're, we're going to have it at the community center lawn and um, perfect park with ivy rec and park district uh we're renting the park from them and we this company is going to plan a concert with local isla vista bands and there's going to be safety measures and there's going to be about 1500 people at any given time and it's right in the center of town on in the you know at the top of bottom of the loop however you like to say it but at the at the loop where the community center is so um this is something that is going to be a way to give people an option that's not going to a party at on del playa and a safe option with security and water and food and local bands giving our local bands uh you know their their highlight so what's the date april 2nd it's coming up soon. Yeah. So um, let's just do a little uh, metric here. How many staff now work for the Isle of Vista Community Service District? So there's a general manager, assistant general manager, community engagement director, community spaces manager, and compost collective manager. So we've got five employees plus two interns, and we're hiring someone to do our mobility our yeah our transportation mobility plan work so those are those are interim roles but three additional people in those positions so eight you know then we've got a bunch of um we've got six dirt riders who pick up compost that's 14 then and some other student support staff so 16 and then we've got plenty of contractors and other kinds of folks who work directly and very closely with us but aren't employees so at least 16 employees and um much more than that in terms of people in our in our orbit and in our team volunteer a lot of volunteer energy i'm gathering right we have volunteers but we have a lot of contractors and um uh -huh. and you know groups we pay and uh you know partners partnerships that we've established so well one thing is you know from my, our conversations over these years this program has been on that I'm always interested in community engagement with the, the self-government process so talk about that I mean, you, there's actually a staff position around engagement so how do, how is this working out yeah we have a staff member who just does community engagement and um, it's been working out really well her name's Sydney and we have like a newsletter now we have a process to do tabling and canvassing and get out there into the community to share our message. It's working out really well. But and the meetings of the CSD meet board meet every month, right? And uh, it's twice every, a month, yeah, twice a month. And the public participation in that, how is that looking now? It's been pretty good. I mean, Zoom definitely helps getting more people involved and. Um, yeah, it's been it's been it's been good over Zoom. Do you think uh, you'll keep? I'm I'm curious about Zoom's future uh, as COVID, uh, the COVID framework for using Zoom recedes. My own view is Zoom is a great technology for exactly for what you said to get uh, people to come to public gatherings, meetings like that, where they where it's much easier in terms of time and energy than it is in person. 
Um, there may be drawbacks, but um, I'm, I'm hoping, and partly this is maybe my age wants me to be able to be more sedentary. So do you think that the meetings will continue to be Zoomed? Yeah, we're going to do hybrid meetings. Hybrid. Yeah. Our, our board member, Jay, um, and Spencer, they've got some system figured out. So uh -huh. we're working on a hybrid system, but it'll for sure still have, and that's what I've actually advocated at the city college too, is a hybrid um, model, so. For classes as well, right? Or for the trustee board. For the board meetings. We haven't said this, but Jonathan has other hats and one of them is to be uh, a dynamic figure on the city college, Santa Barbara City College board. Well, why don't we talk about the parking thing because that's in process now. Uh, this is a, one of those examples of a longstanding uh, issue in Isla Vista. And you, what, what is it? What is the? How's the issue shaping up at this moment? Yeah, with parking, we're we're looking to do uh, a a parking study, and we're. We're actually talking about it at our board meeting tomorrow on our website's isleavistacsd.org or .ca.gov. I don't know why I said .org. isleavista.ca.gov. Um, we're talking about it at our board meeting and we have a, we've selected a firm and we are looking to negotiate, you know, what the exact work they're going to do is, but it's, they're going to do a really extensive data count of parking spaces, of interviews of parking users, um, you know, look at all the different plans and analysis that have been done already, uh, work with the other plans that we have in motion, like our sustainable mobility plans, and come up with policy recommendations for how we can alleviate the parking situation in, in IV. And our goals are, you know, safety, environmental protection, and uh, equity. And we're so yeah, that's and so we are the the current proposal is two hundred fifty thousand dollars for, uh you know two year study, uh to look at the diff or year and a half or so to look at the you know the seasonal changes in the parking use and daily and we you know weekly looking at the rhythm of parking demand and supply and um yeah trying to help make decisions on how we can alleviate it. So I um, am shocked to see that we've actually used up the time allotted for today's discussion oh. <laughs> on Inside Isla Vista. And uh, you use the word tomorrow, but you meant- Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, the, the meeting is on what day? It's on Tuesday, marching. Well, thank you, Jonathan Aboods, who is the longstanding leader, general manager of the Community Service District. I'm Dick Flax, longstanding emeritus professor of sociology at UCSB. I'm on uh, my own radio show on cultural protest, four o'clock in the afternoon on Thursdays. Hope you can tune into that. Uh, thank you to Lisa Osborne for being a contributing producer. Uh, this is Inside Isla Vista. If you have any comments, send a message to the station. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much for being here.